Game of Thrones Season 5, Episode 9 is over, but we are just getting started here on Game of Thrones Live, the post-show recap. And now here are the two guys who just scored box seats for the great games. I'm Rob Sestrino, and here he is. It's Josh Wiggler. Josh, how are you? How are you? Oysters, clams, and cockles to you, Rob. Yes, oysters, clams, and cockles to you, Josh. Uh, Josh uh, has just flown back in on his dragon. and. Yes, uh, uh, on my on my Druber, <laughs> your Druber. I, t- I took a Druber back from vacation. It was uh, expensive, but worth it. It's an, a ride like no other. It's worth it. And Josh, oh, it's so great to hear your voice. Antonio did a fantastic job with me, but we have so much to catch up on. Sam lost his maidenhood. Oh my! <laughs> oh my! Oh my! <laughs> we have uh, so many things. Uh, we had the crazy episode last week. Yeah, I, I I picked the wrong two weeks to miss for sure. No no doubt about that. Uh, but no, Antonio Mazzaro did a phenomenal job filling in, and Jessica Lise as well. The two of them they handled the Game of Thrones book club this week, and it was a really really fun listen. I had a great time listening to it. So uh, real really thankful to those guys for for stepping up and talking Game of Thrones while I was gone. Uh, but yeah, I I would be lying if I said I was bummed that I missed the last two weeks because I thought those were those were episodes I really really wanted to talk to you about. Okay, but we've got a great one to talk about here tonight and sort of an unexpected ending here as the great games took a turn, Josh. Yeah, the great games became like uh, the great hunger games at the end where (laughs) everyone's just getting targeted and spears thrown into them and the sons of the harpy are out and the stabby, stabby, stabby. It was crazy. It was nuts. Not great, Josh. Not great, Rob. (laughs) Not great. Turned out to me not so nice. Not so nice. Not so so nice, yeah, it was intense. It was an intense ending. Episode nine. You always got to look out for that episode nine. Yeah. And I didn't really see that coming. And boy, it was a sneak attack by the Sons of the Harpies. Boy, the Sons of the Harpy are, are really well organized. Like it's such an operation that they really like they distribute all of these masks ahead of time. They all know right when the right time to move is. It's a good thing. You know, there was no metal detector. They would have found all those harpy masks coming in. Security sucks in Marine. You know, like you would you would think that these guys couldn't just get into the arena with all these masks and knives. You know, you would think that yeah. at least we're instituting a pat down. Yeah, you think the unsullied would give you a little a little pat down. I mean, that's a big harpy mask. Like it's that's not a like a big they, harpy mask. It's not like, like they wear like a like a, a neckerchief, like a, like a bank robber or something like that, or yeah, pantyhose over their head. Where are you hiding that thing? You know, where does that go? It's there's not a lot of uh, natural hiding spots on your bodice to to hide that mask unless you. Uh, uh, I don't even want to know what. What do you like? You like adhere it to your thigh? Do you walk in with a mask on your thigh? Where does that thing go? You know, Josh, I'm actually on the uh, Marine Arena, the Marina, uh, their website, and Marina.org, Marina.org, and it turns out it was actually Son of a Harpy Mask Giveaway Day at the Great Game. Oh. So it was just uh, first ten thousand people that came in got a Son of the Harpy mask to commemorate the Great Games, and that's what what happened. Well, that's stupid. I mean, that's I, I know they got to give away, you know, leftover merchandise and everything. But you would think that the Sons of Harpy masks are a little taboo right now. So bad on Marina.org. Yeah. OK, so pretty bad. <laughs> hopefully they'll have better luck at the uh, Daenerys Targaryen bobblehead doll day, uh, which is the second great. I've game. already pre-ordered mine. I, are you telling <laughs> me that if I had just shown up to, to next week's great games, I'd get one for free? Yeah. 
Yeah, but uh, I think they're canceled. I think they're off. I think they're canceled. Anyway, I've been having a rough few weeks with Game of Thrones. It's just not coming up my way. All right. So we have got so much to talk about. Of course, we're live here on Post Show Recaps. Uh, we've got the chat room open. We're also going to be taking your tweets later on in the show. Hashtag PS Recaps. And then on our YouTube channel at postshowrecaps.com slash YouTube. And of course, it'll be another busy week. Josh and I will get to your feedback later in the week. And Josh, the book club is back. Yeah, it's back, back, it, right. it's, it never left. It's back. It never, with Josh left, never left. But no, Terry and I will be back with book club later this week. We're going to have to record later in the week. So plenty of time to get your questions in. Uh, and we Terry and I missed discussing hard home, which Antonio and Jessica Lee did a really great job on. But I'm sure Terry and I are going to want to dig into that. So it'll be a supersized book club when we get to it. Look for that uh, Friday or Saturday, I would say. Okay, let's talk about the nuts and bolts here of what ultimately ended up happening where Danny is seemingly cornered or the opposite of cornered. She's centered. She's centered. Yeah, she's brought into the center of the arena and it's looking bad. It's looking not good. And Rob, I'm, I mean, I knew it was going to come. You know, there's been a lot of things that have happened on this season of Game of Thrones that have been different from the books. Big stuff from tonight as well. In fact, we'll get into the Stannis thing. That's a big departure from the books. But the thing that happened with Danny tonight, by and large, a, a few tweaks here and there that are not from the books, but the, the ultimate result with Danny getting on Drogon and flying away. That happens in the books. But when we get to this moment where the the fit hits the Shan and Danny and Jorah and Dario and Tyrion and Missande, they're in the middle of the ring. Uh, all hell is breaking loose. What do you think is going to happen? Are we about to red wedding Daenerys Targaryen? Is that what you're thinking? No, because I said, I got a lot of major characters here. I, I did feel like once they got to that point, I said, well, how is this going to work itself out? The only thing that I saw that could happen was a dragon that I felt like I did kind of see that coming. Oh, well, look at you. And how else was Mr. she going to get Mr. out of that? Smarty poo. I'm not what talking to you, smarty poo. What else? Was, hey, shut your mouth, homie G. Look, uh, what else? How else were they getting out of that? Right, yeah. The dragon, dragon ex machina seems to be the way to do it. I did think maybe we were going to lose a Masande. You thought a Masande would be gone? Yeah, I thought so. Surprised that like a, a Dario or a Jora doesn't go here? Like the only person we lose is flipping his dar? Who gives a crap about his? Yeah, dar? now his dar, he was not a part of this, right? Uh, well, if he was, he got screwed over as collateral damage, unless he's faking his death. Which no, he definitely did get screwed over. But the fact, I thought it was very suspicious when it, like he was late and he was like, oh, I just have to take care of a few things. And right. so I thought that was very suspicious. And once all hell started to break loose, I was like, oh, his dar. But then he got killed. So then I was like, okay, maybe he wasn't part of this. You would think he's not part of it because he's dead. But wasn't it shady I'm, I'm when like he was like, just didn't get the memo. Like, don't <laughs> kill that guy. Maybe they thought it was Dario they weren't supposed to kill instead. Like, why did they make him running late? Just because he's always a dingus and that's why they have to make him even, like, screw up his own great games that he was excited about? I think that's probably it. I think that, uh, I, and I appreciate you calling him a dingus. That is a word that I would use for sure. Even a weenus, I might go as far as to say. But I think that that is kind of his Dar's Lorax MO, uh, is being a dingus, being late, just kind of being a little bit of a doof. Uh, and he's even a little doofy on his way out the door. All right. Well, his dar is gone. Drogon, I think Drogon will be okay. Like Drogon, took, I thought Drogon was going to die. I was like, oh my I know. god. Yeah. Listen, if they had killed one of the dragons in this episode, I think that there would be riots on the streets. Uh, like if you killed Drogon before Daenerys got a chance to ride the Drober, I think that would have really been a problem. Uh, so at the very, I mean, I guess he could die now because we've seen Danny on dragon back. So we we have that itch scratched. So maybe, uh, maybe, maybe he can die now. But 
feels like it's going to take a few more, more than a few spears to, to take a dragon of his size down. I think if he had stayed there, it could have been really bad. But uh, I feel good about Drogon right now. Is Drogon full size yet? No, he's not full size. He can get much bigger than that, which is terrifying to consider. Okay, good. Well, yeah, they come in and I'm just not quite clear about how this all this all worked out. It seemed like there was a lot of harpies and then a lot of them ran. And then all of our heroes that were sort of left in the center of the ring, they, it seems like they, I guess they're going to get out okay. But it really feels like the harpies got the better of everybody here. Like it seemed like, yeah, the, you know, yeah. Drogon took out like 20, 30 harpies. But it seems like that they really won the day. Yeah, and it does leave you wondering, like, so Danny's safe. She's out of there. She's on Drogon. She's fine. What about Jorah and Tyrion and Dario and Missandei? They're kind of still just hanging out there. Yeah. And Jorah's grayscale, that just, it's basically like poison ivy up until it takes over your whole body. Like, it doesn't, there's no ill effects of the grayscale. Uh, are you asking because Jorah like totally manhandled Danny? That and he also seemed to be in you know pretty good spirits in the fight and everything like that. Like he was holding his own. Like he did not appear to be ill in any way. If it was contagious, like you would think that one of the tactics he would be using is like not just stabbing the sons of the harpy, but also just like running up to them, just like, going, like just rubbing my cootie spot on your face. <laughs> I have grayscale. I have grayscale. Everyone's like, no retreat. No, retreat. no, no, no. Wow, the ultimate defense. Uh, that's great. Gail. <laughs> yes, there you go. But for Jorah, he's back in the fold, and that's all that matters. He could die of grayscale tomorrow now. Oh, he could have died of grayscale tonight. He yeah. would have been thrilled. Uh, that was fantastic. He's very happy. Um, you know, it takes an assassination attempt to put a smile on Jorah Mormont's face. That was pretty good for him. Uh, but no, that was pretty cool. That moment where he's got the spear and he, he chucks it towards Danny. Um, I, w I wonder what's going through your head at that moment. What do you think that Jorah is aiming to do there? I thought that's going for his dar. Yeah, it's just like, stay away from my lady. My yeah, she's mine. She's mine. But even in the defense of Danny, that I saw that even Jorah and Dario, like they had a, a bromant between the two of them. Bromant? Yes, yes. They were sort of like, they gave each other sort of like the sup. Like, yeah, they they like we both. Up, yeah, we can work this out. Right. That's kind of like how you and I look at each other very often. <laughs> a broman. Yeah, we have many bromans, uh, too many to keep track of at this point. Uh, no, I liked the broman between Jorah and Dario. I like that, you know, in, in a situation like this, you can bank on, you know, most times Dario and Jorah probably don't like each other that much. Jorah doesn't like that Dario is making time with the lady he's in love with, and Dario probably thinks that Jorah is a little bit of a creepy stalker goofball. Um, but in, in a moment like this, where everybody is out to get Daenerys, these two can trust each other. These two can trust that, you know, their romantic rivalry aside, these two both have Daenerys' best interests at heart. Uh, and in this situation, they really need people whose backs they can lean up against. So I think this is a good situation for both Dario and Jorah, for sure. How do you think Tyrion was doing with advising Danny during the Great Games? Yeah, I thought that um, him telling Danny that she could end this when she sees Jorah, that was bizarre to me because Tyrion had already advised her last week in Hard Home, like, Jorah's a good dude. Don't kill him off, but you should exile him. His, his sins are unforgivable. So it was, a, it, was a, it was a bummer ruling for Jorah, but it could have been worse. He could have been executed. So Tyrion advised him to be sent away. And I didn't get the sense that it was too much of a sentimental... Uh, 
bit of wisdom on Tyrion's part. I, I get the sense that it's just it, it's the right thing to do. And I think that the, the right thing to do here, if you're just trying to be logical about carrying through with this fighting pits thing, which Tyrion obviously doesn't like, but Danny has publicly committed to, for her to put the kibosh on the thing just to spare Jorah and show special treatment there seems kind of counter to the advice he was giving her last week. Yeah, it seems very counterintuitive considering that he's supposed to be the guy. Like, she's like out there, all heart, all emotion, and he's supposed to be the guy who's out there who's like the brains of this operation. He's like the, you know, the Karl Rove of the Danny administration, like oh, sort of God. advising her and <laughs> benevolent Karl Rove. Okay. And so he's supposed to be sort of like the brains behind all this. And then to say, like, oh, no, 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 we got to save Jorah. Just end this. Like, uh, who cares if everybody's upset? Right. I mean, I know that he likes Jorah. He had a good time on the road with him. They had a few bromance themselves. Uh, but I feel like it, it was it was a little strange given the advice that Tyrion gave Danny last week to to put an end to the fighting pits thing here. And I get that, you know, Tyrion doesn't have much of a stomach for this thing as well. You know, he doesn't he doesn't like the fighting pits. He says uh, he's seen enough death in this life that he doesn't need to see it in his leisure time. Uh, I get that. I totally do. But I think that Tyrion, if he if he's um, if he's able to to advise Danny with a level head right now, which you would hope is something he's capable of, that's really what he brings to the table. You would think that he would just let this play uh, because it's not like Jorah is standing a chance at being back in Danny's good graces un unless something like this happens tonight. Uh, you know, the ruling had already come down. You know, it was already decided that he was going. You know, Jorah was going to be sent into exile. So you know, it sucks to watch him die, but what major difference does it make? You know, he's already exiled. Just let him, if, if he's really this desperate to, to make some FaceTime with Danny, I think you just let him shuffle off. In fairness to Tyrion, maybe the Mountain versus the Red Viper might have colored his feelings on this sort of thing. Yeah, I think that like he's seen enough. I, and that's actually interesting. I hadn't really been thinking about that, but I wonder if just like that, uh, that gif so many of us watched over and over again of the Mountain blowing up the Red Viper's head, if that's just playing on a loop in Tyrion's mind as he's watching this, uh, these great games. Uh, you kind of have to think properly. Well, especially when they were talking about the matchup between the little guy and the big guy, and Dario is like, always bet on the little guy in a fight like this. And Tyrion's like, well, actually, yeah, yeah, I've seen it go the other way. And then the little guy gets his head just <laughs> lopped right off, and that was still gross, but kind of great. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see ultimately where we go. Um, you think that we're definitely going to see an epilogue to this in the season finale, right? You got to think so. I mean, everything is still so up in the air with Meereen. You got to figure out what what's Danny's next step. What happens to Tyrion and Jorah and Dario and Missandei from here? Um, how did the Sons of the Harpy get to this place? How are they going to be dealt with? What is going to happen here in Meereen? I think that this is too much of a cliffhanger to leave uh, the season on. I think that there's got to be a little bit more, at least a little bit more to, to do in this storyline before we close the book on season five. You got to think that at this point, it's going to be, can we just get the check on Marine? Can we just settle up here? We're going to, we're going to, you know, we're just going to take off. If, can you just wrap, wrap up the rest of the, the Unsullied for us? And we're just all going to, we're just going to leave. If yeah. That's okay. Um, when in, in the books uh, and in the culture surrounding the books, this is referred to as the Miranese is not, which is something that has been called out on the show. As, as in they're not going to leave. Uh, it's not with a K, but a lot of people think it's not as in not going to leave. It's certainly, it's been a, it's been a big plot thread that George R. R. Martin has, um, has tied in many, many knots and has been having a hell of a time untangling. 
Um, and whether or not the show does that a little swifter than the books have done or are doing or will do, um, I would guess yes, just because it seems like we only have two more seasons of the show to deal with. Um, but it, will it be resolved as soon as this season? I would expect probably not fully resolved. Can I ask a question? And you tell me, you use your judgment to answer this question. In the written material, how close are we to the end of what's been written for Danny? Is there still a ways to go in her story is in the book? No. Okay, so we're pretty close. We're, we're almost near the end of... Yeah, we're, we're almost near the end of basically everybody. We've got one more episode of Game of Thrones Season 5 to go. Uh, and after that, we go into Season 6 blind. Uh, very, very few of us, if any of us, are going to have any real clue as yeah. to what happens next. The book readers have lost their advantage after next week's episode. Because I need your advice upcoming because I am just about done. I've got like an hour left of A Storm of Swords on my audiobook, and I don't know whether to keep on keeping on or if I need to hold now. You don't need... Why would you need to hold? Because it's the stuff that they're going to show in, in future seasons that hasn't been covered. No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, certainly not a lot. Nothing, nothing super major. I think that everything is going to get mostly wrapped uh, from the books, that's really kind of crucial. Other than a few storylines that haven't appeared on the show at all yet that might appear one day. Uh, that That is a possibility, and, and who really knows? There are a few major ones that just haven't hit the show, and I kind of feel like they're not going to be on the show, but maybe they will. Maybe they will, and there's no advising towards that. Okay, all right. Well, more on that as we go on. All right, let's talk about the other major story from tonight. Can we, before we do that, can we just take a moment to stop and say, how freaking awesome was it to see Daenerys Targaryen riding a dragon? Yeah. It was really awesome. We waited a long time for something like that. I mean, really, in back-to-back -back episodes, just to touch on the events of Hardhome last week, to have that sort of effects package that was in that 20-minute sequence, and then on top of that, to do this big aerial shot of the marina, that's the marine arena, and so to get all of that, and then the dragon flies in, and then you have Daenerys flying away on a dragon. I mean, really, I can't imagine how long and how much money all of that took to put together. And this is a TV show. Yeah, it is. And it's a hell of a TV show. Actually, it's not TV. It's HBO, right? Oh, that's true. <laughs> My mistake. Yeah. So stupid. Uh, no, I, I, it's amazing. And I, I, I know you and Antonio talked about this on the shows last week about how you thought that the big episode nine surprise would be that it's coming in episode eight, that the final sequence of Hard Home was really the big shock that we're giving this to you a little bit early. We're giving you something super blockbuster. And I do think still, I think that the, and, and I don't think that this is uh, a, a, you know, a, a divisive opinion. I think that the, the final act of Hard Home uh, is the best act of the season and one of the best acts of the whole show. Um, and I think that that was, for me, kind of the big episode nine type of moment. Um, but episode nine of season five was no slouch either. There were some moments in the episode that kind of dragged a bit, and we'll get into that stuff. But I think everything that had to do with Danny and this final sequence of Danny getting on the dragon finally after so many seasons of waiting for someone to ride a freaking dragon, it happened. And it was great. It was super cool. Uh, so usually these episode nine moments are kind of like, Oh, God. Oh, no, please don't. Oh, God, they did it. And that's terrible. But this was kind of like a lot of that. And then the final ending was just sort of like, F, yeah, that was sweet. Yeah. That was very it took you 49 episodes, but we saw a person riding a dragon on Game of Thrones. It's pretty awesome. Pretty All great. Right. Let's talk about Stannis. And oh, Stannis. Stannis, what are you doing? You uh, idiot. You moron. Stannis. No. Stannis. That is not 
the manis that I know. Let me just say. Let me just say. Stannis, what are you doing? I mean, what are you doing? Let, are let's you doing? see how it how it plays out here. But the Lord of Light better come through after this, because this is one of the worst, most gut wrenching things that Game of Thrones puts you through here. And I know that there are so many other characters that we know so much more than Shireen that have died. But the way that this yes. the way that it was a father to send his daughter into be burn alive against her knowledge she has no idea she doesn't can't even consider that her father would do this Ugh. yeah and just rewind the clock like four or five weeks ago we were ready to give stannis baratheon father of the they year suckered us in maybe Damn not you they got me they got no. me on that one they got me too. You know, we we just talked about how the, the Danny scene, Danny riding on Drogon is straight from the books and it's awesome. That's something that a lot of fans have really been looking forward to is finally seeing Danny get on a dragon. Uh, Stannis burning Shireen at the stake in sacrifice to the Lord of Light is not from the books. That's new. Brand spanking new. Uh, so big surprise to me, big surprise to book readers, big surprise to show viewers only alike. Uh, big surprise to everybody involved tonight. And you got to think that after this, Stannis Baratheon was always a long shot for that Iron Throne. But you got to think we're out on Stannis. We are out on Stannis. We are out on Stannis. I think it's thumbs down on Stannis. I don't think there's any recovering from this. Uh, you don't burn your daughter alive and walk away looking like a hero. You don't walk away smelling like roses after this. You smell like horse dung. You suck Stannis. We're out on Stannis. We hate Stannis. I, hate I, Stannis. I, I, I dislike Stannis today. I, 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 I hate Melisandre. Yeah, out on Melisandre. Big yeah. time. Yeah. Even even Selyse, she tried to come around. At first, she was like the one that's... A little too late. A little, a little, too, late. Too, a little too late. A little too late. <sighs> Still. And, and what about Davos, who clearly knew something was up? Come on, Davos. Did you feel like he knew something was up? Because, I mean, he did try to say, hey, why don't we take Shireen with me? Yeah. Of course he knew something was up. He knew something weird was going on when he's trying to say, let me take your family with me. And he See, says, I, no, I my family like stays here. If he had any idea what was going to happen, just like he put Gendry in the boat, I, I think that he, I mean, he would have rode off with her. I, I think he would, that, he would think so. He would but not have let that happen. I think that Stannis intentionally knew Jon Snow is going to say no. He had to go send Davos off on this errand to go do that. Because Davos would say no. Yeah, to, Davos uh, would get in. Get, if, if, I, I have to think if Davos knew, especially after his own kids are dead and this is like an adopted kid for him, if he knew anything that she that they were going to do this, he wouldn't. He 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 would have either gone away with her or put his foot down. Like that, he's. You'd like to think so. You would like to think so, but maybe he feels like he's already he's already put his foot down one too many times, and you know, putting his foot down here. Uh, he's going to lose more than a few fingertips next time. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's put his know. foot down over Gendry. I know. I know. And he almost, you know, gotten really, really deep doo-doo over that. So he, he maybe he's he's playing it cool this time. I don't know. I'm not inclined to give Davos too much credit. I'm not the world's biggest Davos Seaworth fan to begin with, Rob. Uh, I'm really mad at everybody in this storyline. Yeah. I think they're they're all cowards. They're all traitors. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to work out so well. See, I'm surprised that I'm actually so I'm more bullish on Davos than you are. I think Davos is just whatever. <laughs> it's just whatever. Kind of whatever. I'm glad he can read. That's great. Yeah. 
I think that uh, Steve Davis tweeted to me earlier tonight. Uh, how did Davos uh, whittle with no fingertips? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How did he carve the stag? I, I don't know how he's how he's like doing that with like uh, trying to trying to hold that with. Uh, maybe I guess you could hold it like hold it like that, and you don't need a, a tip of your finger to do that. But uh, you think that to hold at least the other piece, like uh, impressive. <laughs> yeah. Very impressive that. effort. You would think I'm, he would have trouble like peeling a potato, let alone <laughs> or an onion. Uh, he is the onion knight, after all. Um, what do you think about this? I know that we're going to get this question tonight already, but I figured let's let's just ask it. Do you think that the backlash to what happens to Shireen here, is that going to be similar to some of the backlash we've seen this season already? People who are obviously very upset about what happened to Sansa and some of the things that have just been maybe over-the-line brutal on Game of Thrones this season. Do you think that we are going to see backlash to what happens to Shireen tonight? My suspicion is no, because Shireen is just not the beloved character that Sansa is. And I do feel like a lot of the backlash was because that what happened to Sansa doesn't happen to her in the books, that people were very upset that they made this happen to Sansa. I don't think, even though it's similar that you're saying that it does not happen to Shireen in the books, Shireen is just not a beloved character in the story that I don't think people are going to be super upset. I think some people will be upset. And it yeah. was definitely an upsetting scene to watch on the episode, but I don't think that there will be a major backlash. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious to see. I mean, I mean, like just the the screaming and the, oh, that was the horrible. Uh, it, you know, it, it really is very often just like what what you don't see is almost so much worse. The fact that like you don't really see what happens, or you see the aftermath and you hear it, uh, and hearing it is almost worse than seeing it. It's just. It's freaking dreadful. It's it's really, really brutal. Uh, I'm curious to see what the fallout of this is. Okay. How about Ramsey, who last week that he said, hey, just give me 20 men. Let me go. And so how was he able to pull this off? What did he like douse everybody's tent in gasoline? Like, how did he get away with this? Um. Yeah, I think that, it, you know, it's it's Ramsey pulling off a covert mission. You know, this is something that we, we don't see a ton of from Ramsey on the show. But, Rob, you've been listening to the audiobooks. You know a little bit more about Ramsey Snow from the books. And he has this reputation as kind of a trickster, mischievous, uh, likes to go incognito. Likes How to, did he do this? You know, he likes to put on his uh, the, the proverbial cardboard box to his solid snake and sneak around and, and set things on fire. So I don't think that it's out of character with the Ramsey that we know from the books, but it's just not really a Ramsey we've seen on the show. And I think the way that he did it is he's just, he's very, very, very sneaky. And I think that he just snuck around. I think he sneaked in. 20 people, that's all you need. And all these people in Stannis' army are so hungry and mm -hmm. tired and cold and off their game. Um, you don't see a single person in Stannis' army in this episode who looks happy, who looks... Uh, who looks, you know, awake even, who looks full. They all look famished. They all look tired. They all look like they don't want to be there. They all look like they feel like they're on, you know, a kamikaze mission. Um, so I feel like uh, 20 people to slip through the cracks with Ramsey's drive and ambition and sneakiness, I don't think it's too far-fetched. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know if he didn't have like plastic explosives and detonators. Like, I mean, some of those camps were like, like, uh, just like random ones were just like going off like popcorn popping. Yeah, no, that was kind of crazy. Uh, like they synchronized the bombs. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know the exact mechanics of how it worked out, but uh, it was it was interesting for for a minute there. I kind of thought that Melisandre was having like a vision. I didn't mm. know if it was real. Uh, I thought that maybe she was starting to see some some fire wonkiness going on, uh, but it turns out it was very real. All it right. was legit.
Let's go to Bravos and let's talk about what is going on with Arya. And of course, she was on the assassination mission to go take out the Thin Man. The Thin Man. Uh, but she's got other plans now, it seems. Yeah, she got other plans because she is off to go and try to take out one of her nemesis's, uh, Marin Trant. Yeah, she is going to trounce Marin Trant if she can. And by golly, Rob, I hope she pulls it off because this guy, this freaking guy, deserves death. He yeah. deserves something really terrible to have happen to him. Yeah, I felt like the scene at the brothel in Bravos was really, really Awful. pouring it on now. That yeah, we really we hate Marin Trant. Awful. Awful, awful, awful. Yeah, as if we didn't need to hate him anymore. Now we find out that he's a pedophile. Come on. Yeah. Now, Get him out. Get him out. Josh, in the past, Jake and Hagar seems to have kept pretty close tabs on Arya. And in some ways, he almost seems like he's all-knowing about what Arya is doing. However, today, either he didn't know or he didn't care, or maybe he's approving of what she's up to? Right, yeah, I'm not entirely sure what Jagan Hagar is thinking about this whole thing, but, uh, you know, you can apply that same question to Needle. You know, the fact that he basically instructs Arya to ditch Arya Stark, to stop being Arya Stark, to become no one. And Arya is able to do that. She's able to shed her name. She's able to shed her, pers uh, her, her personal belongings. She's able to get rid of all of that stuff, except for her sword, except for Needle, and she hides that away. And I think a looming question is, does Jagan Hagar know about that? Or does he not know about that? And if he doesn't know about that, does he know about Marin Trant? Uh, or does he know about Marin Trant and he doesn't care about these things? Is this part of a test? Or does he know and he does care? I think all of these questions are still in play. Hopefully we get some clarification next week. Yeah. And you would think that Arya could just take out the Thin Man because it seems that that wouldn't take that long to do. He's trying to buy, he's trying to flag her down of like, oh, I'll take some oysters over here. I'm good. Uh, like a uh, little girl. And like, I mean, what would it take? Three minutes to give him the oysters with the poison? Yeah, I mean, Arya Stark is awesome, but maybe this means she's a bad assassin. You know, can't can't walk and chew gum at the same time. Well, can't uh, stalk Marin Trant and shuck oysters at the same time. Unless it means that then once she takes care of that, then Jake and Hagar is going to say to her, like, uh, all right, next assignment. Yeah, all right, the girl is going to be in the basement for the next two weeks working on something for me. That's a good point, Wandering Bear. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, so we'll see ultimately what, what's going to happen with, with her and ultimately if she can take out Marin Trant and if there are going to be repercussions for not doing what Jake and Hagar wants. Or, I mean, I could also see him saying like, hey, you're training to be an assassin. Good job on being an assassin. However, the crux of what they seem to be focusing on is the girl is no one. So does Arya have to drop her grudges against all these other people if she is to truly become no one? Because Arya Stark wants to take out Marin Trant. No one should not want anything to do with Marin Trant. Absolutely, 100%. Um, and, I, and I think that that's the question is like, how seriously do we take this no one thing? How seriously does Jaken take that? How seriously does he really firmly believe? And how seriously do the faceless men uh, follow the fact that you have to be anonymous? You have to be uh, without any kind of outside baggage? Or is that part of the ruse as well? You know, there's, there's so many mysteries surrounding these people that it, it's hard to say if they're really just trying to play some smoke and mirrors game or if they really believe all that. But if they do really believe all that and Arya is still Arya Stark and Arya still is working on that list that she used to say every night before she goes to sleep. If that's all still true, 
and the faceless men aren't into that, then you got to think that Arya Stark isn't doing so well at Assassin's Creed. All right, let's talk about what's going on in Dorne. Do we have to? Yeah, I do feel like this was the weakest point of the episode. The stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been rough in Dorne, and really, I, like the episode, it started off, and Jamie is like having sort of a truce with Prince Doran and Hilaria Sand that she's like kind of being a jerk about stuff, but ultimately. They say that they're going to free Braun, but under one condition, I'm like, oh, okay, what's this going to be? Like, they're going to do something cool here. And it was just like an elbow to the face. That was, yeah, was the like, one condition. It's just like a knock-knock joke. You know, knock-knock, who's there? Your jaw on the ground. Ha-ha, you lose, Braun. Try the soup. Uh, yeah, try the soup. Try the soup. It was a, it was a long way to go for a punchline. <laughs> uh, no, it was an elbow line. An elbow line, sorry. Yeah. Try the try the soup. The pie looks good. Try the soup. Uh, yeah, okay. So Braun got punched in the face. Big things happening in Dorne. Yeah. And so we are going to have that Marcella is going to be coming back to uh, to King's Landing. And maybe that's not such a great idea considering what's going on back there. But they're going to send her back. And then uh, we're going to have a, uh, a small council seat waiting for Dorne there and everything seems kind of hunky dory and even hilarious hunky dorny yeah hunky dorny and so uh everything seems okay even hilarious sand seems like she's gotten on board she seems she seems like she's getting on message because uh doran martell like jeff probst believes in second chances but he doesn't believe in third chances yeah his life uh, is he, fine yeah his life is fine and he's laid it out for hilaria that she gets one more shot uh, so it seems like she's on brand at this point, that she is going to be Team Doran Martell. Uh, even if she doesn't like his policies, she seems like she's going to play it cool. Or is she? Mm. Or is she? Or is she? For right now, it seems like she's legit. It seems like she's, you know, she says to Jamie, like, I don't believe that Marcella had anything to do with this. And, you know, maybe you didn't either. Maybe you actually are a good person after all. Do we believe that? Seems like a pretty quick turnaround, but then again, this is Dorn, where uh, you know, black is white, up is down, uh, short is long, all that stuff. Okay. Uh, who really, who really, really knows? But yeah, so we're we're not breaking up the Marcella Tristane thing. That's continuing, and we're bringing Tristane to King's Landing. He's going to have the Red Viper's seat at the Small Council. Uh, so I hope you're a Tristane fan, Rob, because uh, it sounds like we'll be seeing a lot more of this guy. Sure, sure. That's I imagine you like him more than Ollie. Yes. Well, well, we'll talk about Ollie when we get to the wall. Right. Uh, Can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. So I feel like I've been missing out. What'd you think of uh, the Sand Snakes getting a little slap happy? A little slap happy. Yeah, playing slaps. That was fun, I guess. Yeah. What's going on there? I don't know. Yeah, that's how they practice. They're bored. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're really bored. bored in the jail, so I guess it's very boring. Yeah, it's very boring in Dorn, I guess. Yeah. So we'll see what awaits us in Dorn. Do you think that we're going to check in with every story in the season five finale? Do you feel like there's anybody that you feel like their story is probably at the point where it's going to stop? Uh, as in it's already over? Yeah. Like, is there anybody you think or you think we'll go we'll go around the horn all yeah. around every check in with everybody next week? I do. I, th I think we'll go around the horn. I think we'll check in with everybody next week. The only one that I could possibly see us sitting out on, I guess, would be Dorn. Uh, maybe we're done with Dorn. Um, that, that, that could be it that we resolved Dorn this week. 
Uh, I think that we will see everybody. That would be my my bet is that every single person needs to put in a little bit of FaceTime next week. Uh, yeah. Many FaceTime? Yeah, faceless time. Okay. Do you think that next week we will have an extended episode or regular runtime? I don't know. That information might be out there. I, have, I haven't looked it up if it's going to be an extended episode or not. If any of you guys know, let us know. We can, we can talk about it here on the show tonight. Um, I don't think it's... I don't know. I, I I could see it. I mean, last year's was what? It was like a 75-minute episode. Yeah, but I, I feel, feel like, like we wouldn't, people would be talking to us about that if that was the case. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel, like, uh, I feel like there's a lot of business up in the air. And knowing some of the things that have to happen next week, there's a lot of business to take care of still. Okay, a lot of business going on. All right. It'll be a busy episode, for sure. Either way. Yeah. Even if extended, there's a lot that has to happen. According to IMDb, next week's episode, Mother's Mercy, scheduled for 55 minutes. That's it. 55. That's it. Season five. What are you doing? Five, five. Season five. What are you, what are you doing? Season five. <laughs> all right. I, I heard that uh, 54 will be about the sand snakes. That's all. Ah! <laughs> they're going to, they're, ah! they're going to play slaps. Then yeah. uh, they're going to play a little bit of uh, truth or dare. No, good <laughs> God. No. Yeah. Please. God. <laughs> yeah. No. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about John Snow. Sure, that's the, that's the last storyline from this episode, I think. Um, yeah, and it, it's quick. You know, it's just John and the Wildlings in 1-1. How do you feel about 1-1 the Giant? Good. Good. Uh, he's the new Hodor. Yeah, we missed Hodor this season. We got 1-1. Uh, big fan of 1-1. So 1-1 and the rest of the Wildlings, they're all through the gate. They are on the other side of the wall. Alistair Thorne, uh, you know, gives John a backhanded compliment and says, you have a good heart, kid. Uh, it's going to get us all killed. Yeah. And so they come in, they bring them into the gates. Look, all the wildlings are on their best behavior. All on their best behavior. They're all on their best behavior. And so now how did they go from, like they took a boat to get to where they were going, right? In hard home. Yes. And they took a boat back, but they ended up on the other side of the wall. Yeah. Like, did they go, they went back a different way? I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I guess they, they docked a little bit uh, closer to this side of the wall than, than we would have expected. I, okay. guess. I don't know. Right. I'm not taking too many issues with that. That's it, was a cool, it was a cool shot to see them all rolling up on the wall like that. I thought that was good. But did you happen to catch that little, that little twerp Ollie shooting Jon Snow a dirty look? Yeah, just shooting daggers at that guy. Yeah, you hate Ollie. Yeah. Well, you like Ollie? Are you going to go on record as an Ollie, a pro Ollie? Ollie's no. your boy? No. No. In fact, I would like to fan the flames of your, <laughs> of your Ollie hate. Not that I have much more to add, but hey, I would Lord really of just... Light, we got one for you. Yeah. His name's Ollie. If only he was King's Blood. Yeah, only. If only. No, I'm with you on the Ollie hate train. I think Ollie sucks. Yeah. A after what we saw Jon Snow go through last week, after, Anyone who's questioning Jon Snow from this point forward after what he went through at Hard Home, using his Valyrian steel sword to shatter a White Walker into pure ice, uh, surviving all the madness that ensued. Anyone who's thumbs down on Jon, on Jon Snow deserves uh, a quick trip to uh, the fire stake, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, that, if that's the team that Ali is on, then good riddance. Get rid of that guy. Jon Snow has been to hell and back, and Ollie's going to be like, oh, look, look, this sucks. 
Yeah. Oh, wild things. Oh, uh, I hate wild things. Get over uh, it, kid. Get over it. Get over yourself. Get over Stop yourself, it. Ollie. All right. Enough. Josh, so much Stop. to talk about. Are you ready to get to the questions? Should we open up the, the fighting pits of, of questions? Yes, let's get to the great questions. <laughs> let's open up the great questions. All right, question number one for tonight. Of course, uh, these come to us uh, via Twitter, via our YouTube channel. Muffin That Sucks wants to know, did Davis suspect Stannis was going to sacrifice Shireen when he asked to take her to Castle Black? Yeah, and I, I vote yes. I think so. Uh, I think that, you know, that it was... Just everything, the way that that all played out, I think that he smelled something suspicious in the air. He knows that Stannis, uh, that Stannis is aware that Davos has a strong moral compass. He doesn't like Melisandre. If, da if Davos is being sent away, usually it means that Melisandre is going to be up to her Melisandre shenanigans that Davos really hates. So you got to think that Davos uh, had a hunch, at least, that something bad was about to happen here. Yeah, but I don't think he... I think that maybe he thought something bad was going to happen. I can't imagine he thought this was going to happen. And if he did, I feel like he would have got her out of there. Yeah. All right. This is from Lauren Garcia. Is the mother of dragons going to get some major grayscale cooties now that she touched Sir Jorah's bare hand? Or is she going to be fine? If she does get it, can she be purified by fire? Can the grayscale be cured that way? So a lot to unpack there. Let's start with the first point, Rob. Uh, is Danny getting cooties no, from Jorah? No, no cooties from Jorah. No, we very clearly discussed a couple of weeks ago when Sir Jorah first came down with the grayscale, you need to be in contact with the cootie spot in question. So until he gets the cooties, and again, we didn't see a good look at his hands, but until he has the cooties on his hands, he's free to touch whoever. Yeah. Ah oh, man, that sucks for Jorah. He's been trying to give Danny his cooties forever. Forever. Now, forever. is it like poison ivy? Is it like then once you get it on your hands and then you touch your face and then you touch your hand and then you touch it's everywhere? Uh, oh boy, then it's everywhere. It's that's everywhere. see, that's that. like yeah. once it spreads from like it's on Jorah's wrist, that's fine. You know, you don't really touch the the wrist on anything too much. But once that gets to his hand, then it's all over. What do you then, mean? I pick up everything with my wrists. <laughs> with your wrists? Yeah. That's what I do. I go like this. And I just pick things up with my wrists. Well, you're very talented. Yeah, it's my, it's my hidden talent. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think uh, the other part of the question is interesting. If she does get it, can she, can she be purified by fire and can grayscale be cured that way? Do you think fire is a cure for grayscale? Well, in the case of Danny, if she can withstand the flames as the mother of dragons, as a Targaryen, then maybe, like if she gets grayscale, maybe the dragon could just like, she could just like hop in the fire shower. And yeah. then, but for anybody else, then they'd get burned by the fire. That sounds like a good deal for Danny. Just let the fire shower it clears everything right up. Yeah, and don't tell Jorah that that's an option. Yeah, don't tell him that. <laughs> he will he will hop right in, and it will not work out well. All right, this is from Tom DePlank. Tom DePlank writes: So Melisandre couldn't have stopped those fires that ravaged the camp. Hashtag LVP. Hashtag the worst ever. It's fair. It's fair. fair. Fair, Melisandre, you had one job. It's to control the fires. That being said, Josh, if you play this out, though, what, what does those fires ultimately lead to? Yeah, sure, 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 sure. So, the fires ultimately lead to the fire that consumes Shireen, and that's what Melisandre has wanted for a long time. Yep. So yeah. I think that that is definitely something that maybe she saw this coming and didn't mind it. Like She was she, up early watching quiet. it, yeah. Yeah, and then I think the other piece of it, too, is she just loves fire. Loves fire. So she gets to, like, just sit out in the middle of this thing and watch all these fires. She's like, oh, cool, fire. Yeah, okay. Sweet. 
Let's go to, uh, this is from Justin Sharkey, who says, uh, is this the greatest one-two punch in TV history? The battle with the White Walkers and Daenerys flying away on her dragons, not to mention the heart-wrenching scene of Stannis having uh, Shireen burned at the stake. Best back-to-back episodes in the history of television. Wow, in the history of TV? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, I think it... Probably not. I mean, I, I think that this, um, I thought Hard Home... Hard home. There, I do think there is an argument that that is one of the greatest episodes of Game of Thrones. I, I don't, I don't know where I would place it. I haven't, I've never considered like a ranking of Game of Thrones episodes or anything like that. I do think that Hard Home gets a spot very close to the top of the list, though. Just you know, sight unseen. I think that that episode was so strong in so many different areas. There were you know maybe a, a scene or two that didn't totally fit with the full picture, but everything with Cersei and Danny and Tyrion, and then of course the Hard Home sequence itself fantastic riveting stuff and i think that the danny stuff in this week this week's episode was fantastic and riveting and the shireen stuff was heartbreaking and really terrible the bravo stuff was fine and i think the doran stuff was thumbs down so i don't think that this is going to go down as one of the best episodes of yeah at least not for me and there's a lot of great tv shows there are like, a lot of let, let's just only compare game of thrones to game of thrones for right now sure yeah all right yeah. let's keep going here's another right. question this is from our good friend Renegade Music, who says, uh, two big questions about Marine. One, does Danny have cooties now, or is the blood of the dragon the ultimate cootie shot? No. Did we say, again, this is speculative, but no, Danny does not have cooties. Number two, why were the Sons of the Harpy killing everyone, including upper class former slave owners? Also, F. Stannis. F. Stannis. Yeah. Screw Stannis. Um, why were the Sons of the Harpy killing everyone, including the upper class former slave owners? Is it just like. Um I don't know, just like covering their bases, covering their tracks, uh, trying to kill as many people as possible so they can throw everybody off of their scent. Yeah. And to... Also, just the bloodlust is real. Yeah, yeah. They say... Kill everything that moves. To the man with the hammer, everything looks like a nail. And to the harpy with a knife, everything looks like a good uh, murder target. Yeah. (laughs) If it's not wearing a harpy mask, kill it. Kill it with fire or knives, at least with knives. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's what's going on. All right, uh, Rabs two six six writes, "My God, I hope Stannis gets killed soon." And OMFG, Daenerys riding Drogon. I has been hoping that happened since I saw Drogon was so big. Now my question is, where is Daenerys going now? So what do you think, Rob? Where does Danny go from here? She's Westeros, on- right? She's gonna yeah. get a next episode. She'll get off the dragon in King's Landing, and we go from there. Not for nothing. I mean, that would be a hell of a cliffhanger. Yeah. Flying away. I think she's going to go back up to her tower, right? Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. All right. We'll see. We'll see. All right. How about this one? This is from No Lies. And No Lies says, Do you think that there'll be as much of an uproar over Shireen being burned alive as there was right. Sansa Ramsey? Well, I answered it. What do you think? Um, I think I think that there are going to be people who are very upset about this. I think a lot of it from the book reading perspective, and I think a lot of it is just going to be kind of the enough already, enough, too brutal. Um, I, I do think that we will be we will be seeing that stuff. I don't think that the uproar is going to be as big as what happened with Sansa. You know, Josh, something interesting occurred to me as we were watching the you know the scene out of the great the great fight between uh, at the fighting pits in the marina where yeah. Tyrion is asked about what's going on in the fighting pits, and he says, you know, there I I see enough, there's enough killing in the world. I don't need to be enjoying that in my leisure time do you think is that some sort of meta commentary on all of us 
who tune into Game of Thrones every week. Are we not the people that sit in the marina watching the blood sport spectacle? And of course, for us, we can say, oh, it's fake. It's not real. But do you think, is there anything that's about, are we the people who sit there every week and hope, you know, we want to see somebody get their head bitten off by a dragon? I think many of us are. Absolutely. I think I think many of us are. I think many of us are the people that are thrilled that the fighting pits are open and that we get to see these people bludgeon each other to death every week. Um, I think that what the what the comment that Tyrion is making uh, is is supposed to represent, or at least how I read it and how I read the show at large, is the writers encouraging us to be more like Tyrion. That we are we are subjecting ourselves to this violence. We know that this violence exists. We know that there's violence in the world, and it's challenging our notions to to apply this to, to the world at large and to take a step back and realize that sometimes the world is a terrible, terrible place and maybe there are things that we can do about it. Maybe there are ways to, to affect change. And I think that that comment was a really interesting comment on the writer's part. And I think that it's, um, it's to get us closer, hopefully, to the headspace of a Tyrion Lannister where, yeah, this show is entertainment, but I think one of the reasons why Game of Thrones is so good is it's not just fluff. Uh, there's real substance. There's real meat once you start digging into this meal, um, and it's it's asking you to acknowledge that stuff, to to think about what this violence means, and you know apply. And I think it's why people feel so strongly about the show. Uh, why a scene like the Sansa thing really uh, moved people so passionately. Why something like what happened with Shireen tonight might do the same thing this week. Uh, because it's a smart show. It's a smart show. It's an emotional show. And in many ways, the brutality that we see on Game of Thrones, we're not seeing a lot of people roasted alive by dragon fire, but we do see some terrible things happen in the real world. And I think that the writers are asking us to be more like Tyrion rather than just the casual fan at the marina. Okay. Look, uh, it's a tough question. It's a tough question. An interesting question for sure. Uh, all right. This is from Jack Journey. I'm confused. Why would the Sons of the Harpy not just kill everyone da that Danny left behind? Uh, well, I guess let's tune into episode 10. <laughs> I know got, the show is in. They all got so scared of the dragon. They all ran away. They all ran away. Well, let's see. Let's see what happens in episode 10. Maybe episode 10 begins with just Tyrion and Dario and Jorah and Masandi just getting clipped immediately. Possible. All right. Let's do a couple more quick ones. Uh, this is from Daniel Cueva, who says, is it, is it just me or is Jorah the luckiest stalker in history? Yeah, the luckiest stalker in history. That seems uh, that seems like a, a, a big statement. He's certainly lucky, and he is absolutely a stalker. Uh, he's not actually very lucky because he's grayscale. Yeah, that he's unlucky. No, he's a talented stalker though. Okay, what about yeah. this one? Uh, it's really, it's really asks: Is there a king of Dorne, or just Prince Dorne has all the power? No, there are princes in Dorne. Uh, the Dorne is. Uh, the only one of the seven kingdoms that uh, still has its own like princes and princesses and stuff. Everywhere else, it's like lords and little lordlings and ladies. Uh, but Dorne is allowed to have its old customs because there's been a lot of uh, a lot of, a lot of strife between Dorne and the crown in the past. So Dorne has a special license to do things their way, and Prince Dorne is the head honcho in charge. Okay. This is from Bradley Huffer. Bradley Huffer says, "Do you think Davos will continue to support Stannis the Manus when he learns that Shireen has been sacrificed?" That's a question we haven't really tackled. We talked about does Davos know what Stannis is up to? Um, this this is a, an aspect of the question we haven't really dealt with. How is he going to react? Davos has been fiercely loyal to Stannis in the past, even when he's disagreed with Stannis. But is this uh, one burning too many? 
You know, is this is this a bridge too far for Davos Seaworth? Yeah, but where does he go? What, I mean, does he go take the black? I mean, what are his alternatives besides being with Stannis? Does he defect to Roose Bolton? I mean, if he could be part of the Tyrion Danny new thing that's going on in the East, sure, I, I think he would do that. But I don't know what his alternatives are right now. Taking the black doesn't sound like an impossible option for a guy like him. Yeah, and what else does he have going on? He doesn't have any. Uh, you know, he's not dating. He doesn't have any anything to give up. You know, he knows Jon Snow decently well. He knows the cause that they're fighting for. I could see him saying, screw you, Stannis. I'm going to the Night's Watch. Yeah, why not? You know, he doesn't, you know, his his kids are gone. I'm not sure if he's still, if he's still married or not. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know. Someone can correct me. Uh, but he could, you know, his wife is far away. Far. Hey, look, if far you're away. in a different one of the Seven Kingdoms, then that's... That's the same as your single, like the right? different zip code deal. Yeah, that's right. Got that's it. right. All right, let's two last ones. All right, Rabs two six six. Do you think we will see Needle next week? Do you think Arya Stark is going to take Needle out next week? Chekhov's Needle, right? Chekhov's Needle. You got to think that's going off. All right. Um, all right, and then question. let's let's yeah let's wrap up again with the muffin that sucks. KDD KDD writes Arya lied to Jake and Hagar. Seems like he knew, but he didn't call her out on it this time. Why? Is he this like the thing like when your parent knows you're lying, but then they just want to see how far you're going to take it and if you're going to come to them and tell them what's really up? <laughs> right. Yeah. So he's just he's really waiting to see how far she's going to go. Yeah. You got to think Arya too is being a real narc too. Arya too is narking hard. You have to imagine. Absolutely. Uh, she just screams narc. Arya too. Okay. All right, Josh. Can you believe it? One week from tonight we have the Game of Thrones season finale coming. Wow. It's happening. We're, we're, getting, we're getting there. A lot of business to take care of next week, bro. Yeah. And then Game of Thrones season finale happens, and then that's it. No more Game of Thrones talk from us for a year, right? Ever. Ever again. We're not covering the show past season five. No. I, I Canceled. Yeah. Isn't there a lot of stuff coming up? Yeah, we will we will talk about that more next week, but the Game of Thrones coverage will not go away. Uh, we, we have some plans, and of course, uh, a little thing called the Throners that we did last year, I am sure we will be seeing again. So stay tuned to the finale next week. We'll have a lot more details. Yeah, season five may be almost over, but we are just getting started here on the post-show recaps. All right, so Game of Thrones feedback show. Get your voicemails in and your questions at postshowrecaps.com slash voicemail. Also, G-O-T at postshowrecaps.com. Josh will also have the book club back this week. Uh, and then uh, a lot a lot more on the way here on Post Show Recaps. A lot going on here. Lots of really good stuff. It's going to be fun. Okay. By the way, Josh, Jessica Lisa and I recorded over on Rob Has the Podcast, our uh, reality TV arm of TV recapping. Uh, Jessica and I recorded on Friday, finally, The Race of Thrones. Oh, yes. Yes, we cast, <laughs> we cast the amazing race with all Game of Thrones team, and they went for a race around Westeros. I cannot wait to listen to that. That makes me really happy to hear. Coming oh, this week great. on RHAP. No, Jessica was such a treat to listen to talking about Game of Thrones on the book club. Uh, she knows her stuff really, really well and has some really uh, sharp insight into this story and is very funny about it as well. So I got to imagine that's a must-listen podcast. I can't wait. Got a lot of options for the hashtag tonight, Josh. Okay. What do, I think Marina's the front runner, right? <laughs> Marina is in there. We've also got the Broman. Broman. We've got the elbow line. Uh-huh. Uh, we've got the F Stannis. F Stannis. I feel like that's going to be popular 
among Game of Thrones fans tonight. And Honky Dorney. Honky Dorney. Uh, I would say let's keep it simple. Let's go hashtag Mirena, M-E-E-R-E-E-N-A. Uh, that's easy. That's ours. No one else is claiming that, I think. Okay. I was part of, I would have said a Honky Dorney. All right. <laughs> if you want to do that, too. As always, I think all of those are totally fine. <laughs> Feel you, free. If, if you tweet all those hashtags at us, we will, uh, we will consume it with Dragonfire and enjoy every moment. All right. Have a good one, everybody. We will be back uh, next Sunday night live for the season finale. Don't go anywhere else. Of course, you can follow Josh on Twitter. He is at Round Howard. Like Round Howard, but Round right, And I am at Rob Sister Nino. Can't wait to hear what you guys have to say in the comments. And we'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everybody.